worship team, give a hand to our worship team once again today for leading us into the presence of God. And thank you, I just want to say uh, thank you for your giving to help us with Convoy of Hope. They are one of the nation's premier uh, first responders in crisis situations, and we have the honor and privilege of working alongside of them, being a contributing church uh, to helping their relief efforts. And so, as Kyle mentioned, uh, you can either designate your giving here or online. There's a special tab where you can uh, mark your giving toward the relief efforts and all of that uh, offering will go toward helping us to be able to bless Convoy of Hope, to bless so many families in need. Uh, also, I want to say in regard to blessing families, the Orr family lost uh, their son Frankie this week, and so his funeral is tomorrow uh, at noon down in Plainfield, and um, the viewing is this afternoon, calling on the family all afternoon, and so if you would like more information about that, you can stop by the information desk. They'll be glad to help you. I know the Orr family would appreciate your prayers and also your love and support uh, during this time of loss in their lives. Uh, speaking of our church family, we are receiving in three new members here today, and so I'm not sure who's in this service, who's not, but uh, I'm going to call these names, and if you are in this service, if you wouldn't mind standing and stay standing until I've called the names, we're going to have a special prayer. Uh, Brock and Tracy Bruner and Amber Marlowe, okay? And uh, we're going to pray over these folks today. What they're doing is standing here as a representation of really spiritually standing with this congregation. These are people who have gone through our on-ramp class, and after finding out more about the vision and the ministry and the mission of Crossroads Church, they've said, hey, I want to align with that. I want to commit myself to that kind of church family. And so we want to recognize that here today and pray a special prayer blessing upon them. So if you're near someone standing, just go ahead and stretch your hand their direction, and we're going to pray a prayer blessing over them at this time. Father, we thank you for those who are standing in this service today, and we thank you for their lives, their commitment, most of all to you. But then in addition to being committed to you, they know that you are committed to your church, and that you said, I will build my church, and you committed to die for your church. And so uh, we are willing to live for it, and even to die for it as well. And so we just thank you for those who stand here today because they are committing to this church family, this local expression of the family of God through Crossroads Church that Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life to the full. So they're committing to this life-giving church. You put this life-giving church called Crossroads here in this community. And so, Father, we pray that you will use these folks, use their gifts, talents, and abilities among us. May they be a blessing to the church and the church 
likewise back to them. And we just thank you for them committing uh, to this church family here today as an expression by standing and being a part of this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Give them a hand, will you? Well, today we are starting a new series, and I know it's fall break, and so I know there's probably 200 people gone uh, this weekend from Crossroads that uh, are traveling and going about on fall break, but I appreciate you being here because I believe that the enemy even would try to stop people from being here today. And uh, I'm going to talk about the supernatural over the next three weeks. And so if you're thinking supernatural, what was that about? Where's that going? Uh, Well, I want the ushers to bring in the boxes of poisonous snakes (laughs) at this time. And uh, we're going to handle those down here. If you know anything about me... You know, the only thing about a snake that's good is if it's dead, all right? So there will be no snakes uh, in this service. But some people, I think, on this topic go extreme one direction. In other words, I think some people see a devil in everything. And and they just think, oh, devil's giving me a headache. Well, maybe you stayed up too late, you know? Maybe that's it. Maybe you drink too much coffee or you're dehydrated or something like that could be maybe more the reason for that headache instead of a demon of a headache. But likewise, I think there are people who ignore the devil, basically, and who do disservice to themselves. And we're going to talk about this. Because they don't pay attention to the tricks, to the tactics of the evil one. And so we're going to look this morning to what the enemy has in store for us or what he'd like to do uh, to us. But we're also going to see uh, what God has done for us already to equip us in supernatural battle. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to look at this topic of supernatural today, specifically about spiritual warfare next Sunday. Don't miss next Sunday because some of you have never heard, unless you've been a part of Crossroads, uh, you may have gone to church all your life and you have never heard the teaching that I will bring next week about the Holy Spirit. Uh, is quite possible for you to have attended church all your life and not know what I'm going to tell you what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit next week. And so uh, I hope that you'll do everything you can to be here because uh, if you try to live life without the power of the Holy Spirit, you are doing yourself a disservice. And you are making it even more difficult to get to heaven in victory and in power uh, the way God wants you to. And so be sure and be here next Sunday. 
But uh, again, there are extremes on this, and we want to look at what does the Bible say. Because what's important this morning is not what does Craig say about spiritual warfare. Uh, what's important is what has God declared and said and spoken about spiritual warfare. So if you have a Bible, turn to 2 Corinthians, and we're going to look there, and we're also going to look at the book of Ephesians here in a moment. But 2 Corinthians chapter 10, if you don't have a Bible, I think the notes are printed for you. Also, they're on version, and we'll have them on the screen. Here's what 2 Corinthians says. For we live in the world. We do not, even though we do live in this world, we don't wage war as the world does. In other words, we're not throwing hand grenades. We're not using... Uh, AK-47s or whatever they are, and uh, we're not using handguns and whatever else. The weapons that we fight with, so we're in a fight, the Bible says, notice that, are not the weapons of the world, but on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Everybody say strongholds. There are strongholds that can happen in our lives. We'll say more about that on week three. But today we're going to talk about the warfare that goes on uh, as the enemy fights against us. There is a kingdom of light and there is a kingdom of darkness. And those two kingdoms are coming against each other. And there is a war that is going on between light and and darkness. Look at this verse in Ephesians. Here's what it says. Ephesians 6:10. Finally, be strong how in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against who? The devil's schemes. So the devil's scheming for our struggle. Now here it is again. It's not against flesh and blood. It's not a battle in the flesh. It's not a battle or a war like we think of war in the world. But it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. God's will is that you be able to stand your ground. I'll say more about this later, but God has already arranged for you to be able to stand your ground. Can somebody get excited about that maybe today? You don't don't have to feel like, oh my gosh, the devil is after me. What am I going to do? God's already done something about the devil. Ten of you know about it, all right? Right? He's already, how many know? He's already done something about the devil, and God's already done something for you to fight against the devil, and after you've done everything to be able to stand. Now, I know a lot of people have trouble with this. There's there's some people, uh, statistics show that there are more people who believe in God 
than believe in a devil. I don't understand that. Because when I look around at the world and the way things are going, I have no problem believing in a devil. How many are parents? You ought to believe there's a devil, right? What got into my kid? What, what, you know, where'd that come from? You know, it, it's just, there is, how many know there's evil in this world? And there's evil that you just have a hard time explaining. It's like, what parent does that? What person does that to another person? What kind of, what kind of maniac, what, what kind of person, how does a person in their right mind, how, how does someone do something like that? And the Bible explains what it is. We just read about it. So in other words, your fight is not against flesh and blood. Your fight is not against Republicans or Democrats. It's not against Donald Trump or Nancy Pelosi. Your battle is not against that boss that seems to be the boss from hell. Okay? They are not the enemy. The Bible identifies that there is something you can't see. There's a world that you don't see, but it's just as real as the world that you see. So I want to start off today with two truths to encourage you. We're going to talk about the devil here in a moment. But before we get there, I just want to encourage you with two truths that are spoken of over and over in the Word of God that are absolutely true. The first truth, if you'd like to write it down, is you are are never alone. How many know that's good news? You are never alone. Jesus said in Matthew 28, I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. I'll never leave you, never abandon you. There's a great story in the Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter 6, where Elisha and his servant were being attacked by a, an enemy force and the servant woke up and looked out that morning and when he looked out he freaked out and he came back to his master and he says what are we going to do we're surrounded the enemy is out there because when he looked there were all these soldiers all of these horses all of these chariots and Elisha said, hold on a moment. And he prayed for his servant, help him, God, to see as you see. And the servant looked out again. And when he looked out, the Bible says this time, he saw chariots of fire all over. He saw more for them than were 
against them, right? And God wants to declare to someone here this morning, there are more for you than are against you. Maybe you feel like that boss is against you. He's out to get me. You know, reminiscent of the movie 9 to 5 or something like that. But you just think, oh man, he's out to get me. He's out to, or maybe a co-worker's out to get you fired. Or maybe family, you feel like, I feel like my family family's against me. I I feel like my best friends are letting me down. You may feel like all kinds of things are against you, but here's what God would say to you today. There are more for you than are against you. If you could have your spiritual eyes open today, you would see that. You would see in the supernatural realm that there's greater forces for you than are against you. The second thing that you can write down is you can always pray. See, no matter what's going on, you can always pray. And prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. You you get what you can do when you don't pray But when you pray, you get what God can do. And and what God can do is greater than what you can do. Daniel, and I think Daniel chapter 10, uh, he was praying and asking for God's help and, and needed a word from God. And the Bible says, it's a very unusual story in Daniel where it says that this this spirit being, this angelic being, got a word to Daniel. And he says, Daniel, interesting story. He says, we heard you the first day you started praying. But there was something you can't see going on. There was a war in the spirit world. And actually, it even identifies this this personality, this principality of Persia, it's called, that that was fighting against the forces of God. And the Bible says, and this, this, this angelic being told Daniel, then we got help from heaven, and Michael, an archangel, came and held back the enemy forces, and now I'm bringing the word of God to you. See, how many of us quit praying too early? Hello? See, that's why you should always keep praying and keep believing, because you don't know what you can't see. See, you don't, you don't know the battle that's going on, and, and, and that child may not be changing, or the situation, your marriage getting worse, or whatever, but you don't know the battle that is going on in the spirit world, and sometimes I think we quit too early, and if we keep on praying like Daniel, we'd see a breakthrough in our lives. Are you guys awake this morning? Are you ready to hear God's word? Huh? Are you ready for the rest of this? All right, I need to know you're with me on this cuz cuz it gets better if you get better, all right? So so just come on. Uh, we're we're going to have some church here this morning. So here here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. I'm going to spend a few moments here teaching you to know your enemy. You need to know your enemy. Now, I guarantee you today, every NFL team that's going to play today, they have studied the enemy. There's no team on an NFL level that would have ignored their opponent this week. 
and just said, you know what, guys, let's just get out there and have a good time this Sunday. That's what this is all about, right? They'd be firing that coach. How many know that? It's like we got to be watching films and, and on, trying to understand the opponent. And I'm here to tell you, you have an opponent. Wake up, parent. Wake up, married person. Wake up, single adult. Wake up, student, and realize that you have an enemy. And it's so important for you to know your enemy. Here's a few things that I want us to look at this morning. You can write them down. The first thing is, is he blinds. The Bible says that he comes to blind. He wants to blind us. Now, how does he do that? Now, here's how he does it. Is there maybe people here this morning who are blinded to the truth? That, that there's some of us who think, well, how could you not understand that there's a God? How could you not understand that God is at work in the world today? How can you look at the world and look at the Bible and look at things, and, and, and how could you not see the life change in other people and just acknowledge that there's got to be a God? The Bible explains this, that he blinds the minds of people so they cannot see the truth. Look at what it says in 2 Corinthians. It says, the God, little g, right? So who is this? This is the devil. This is the enemy. This is Satan. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. The reason why that you have family members, the reason why you have co-workers, the reason why you have friends who don't see the truth is because they're blinded to the truth. You know in your own life that there have been things that you've been blinded to and later you were like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that was like that. I didn't know. And those are simple things. And the Bible says spiritually, the enemy comes along to blind our minds. And then secondly, he steals. Jesus even said this. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal the word of God. And how he does this is the word of God goes forth. Just like today, I am preaching and speaking the word of God, and you're here this morning, and the devil says, I wonder if you need butter. <laughs> and you start thinking, yeah, I might need some butter. I probably need, well, I, let me think about that. Maybe I put that in my phone, you know. Instead of taking notes on the sermon here, I need to get my list together. And all of a sudden, you're shifted over. Have you ever had this when you're praying? Oh, I'm going to pray. Oh, oh, I need God in my marriage. I need God in my life. Oh, I need healing. Or I need, and, and you start getting ready to pray. And Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, would you do this? Oh, did I get gas? Did I, I, better, 
I, I, I probably need some gas. You know, I need to go stop and stop at the filling station here in a little bit. You know, I, I, anybody with me on that? Am I alone up here? Is it only me he messes with? No, he, he'll mess with all of us and try to get us off target. Here's what Jesus himself said about this in Matthew. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, in other words, doesn't take it home, doesn't live it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Jesus just calls it out. He says the evil one is the one that comes and snatches it. He tries to keep it from taking root in our lives. Here's the third thing you can write down. Is he ensnares. Mm. He's a tricky devil. Right? He, he is laying traps. He is focused on our demise. Uh, we have some, we, we feed hummingbirds in our backyard. Anybody else do that? And so to do that, you, you put out sugar water. Well, there's another creature on the planet who loves sugar water, and it's a flying insect called a bee. I don't particularly like bees, especially when I'm outside eating. And, and sometimes these bees get confused with the feeder and the food I'm eating, you know. And I found out that you can do something about bees. Now, if you are a bee lover or bee raiser or whatever, just plug your ears right now for a few moments. We'll call you back here in a minute. But, but what I found out you can do is you can put like a plateful of Mountain Dew out there and then put a few drops of Dawn or whatever dishwasher uh, dishwashing detergent in that and the bees will just fly into that and die and they, they won't bother you okay you unplug your ears alright some of you and, and so here, here's the thing is the enemy is looking for a trap where you think oh that's going to be so sweet that's going to be so sweet. That's, oh, that's a sweet deal. Oh, man, I, 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 I need that. I, I need that person. Or I, I need to do that. And, and I know my parents warned me about that, but they don't know anything. And, you know, this looks so good. It's so good, so good. It's going to be so great. It's going to be so awesome. And what he knows is, is it's going to end in death. It's going to end in death death. Look what the Bible says about this. Here it says, and they will come to their sense, that they will come to their senses and escape from the what? Trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Paul says that the enemy will lay traps for you. He'll put plates of sweet-smelling stuff out there, but you don't know that in that plate also is some poison. There's something there to destroy you. But he'll entice you. 
He'll try to get you to come over. You know, he, 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 uh, you, you may think, oh, I'm not going to look at those websites anymore. And then all of a sudden you see, you drive by, uh, you know, the store and, and there's this half naked woman in the window and, and you're at the mall and, and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I, I need some more of that. And what happens? He's feeding that lust. Or, or you need to get out of debt, but then you drive by and see this word, sale. Right? And it's like, oh my gosh, I can save some money right now. So, so he, he will try to get us to stumble and fall. Now, the, here's the next thing. Write this down. Is he also fights to stop you. He stops people. He will actually try to put a barricade up in your life to keep you from moving forward into all that God has for you. In other words, you, you may believe that, oh, I want to be a good steward of my resources. I, I think I should tithe. I, I think I should start being more principled in my giving. And, all, and, and then you'll commit to that, and everything in your house blows up that week. Your car blows up. Your dishwasher quits. And all kind, anybody been there? Or you commit, oh, man, I, I believe a godly, good marriage would honor God. And, you know, I, we're going to commit to that and everything. And then the next thing you know, you guys aren't getting along. There's stress in the marriage. It's weird. You know, you, you decide, you know, I need to share my faith. I, I'm, you know, other people invite people to church. I should be, I know tons of people. Who need to be here. And all I'd have to do maybe is ask them this week and they'd be here next week. So I need to do that. And then every time this week you get ready to go ask them about something. They'll bring up something else and the subject changes and you don't get it back on track. You ever had that happen? See, and, and so what he does is he tries to stop. And it's interesting. Here's what Paul says about it in 1 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul. He says, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again. But notice this. But Satan blocked our way. How many believe if Satan could block Paul, he maybe could try to block you? And so what you need to do is be aware of this and aware that the enemy will fight against you trying to block your marriage, trying to block your finances, trying to block you from church. He will try to block you in every way he possibly can because here's the fifth thing and this is his ultimate goal is he looks to destroy you. He wants to destroy everything about you. Ultimately, you yourself. He wants to take you down. Take down your marriage. Take down your witness. Take down your kids. Take down your finances. Take down your health. Take down your mind. In every single way, in every different way of your life, there is a spiritual battle going on. 
against enemy forces and you need to engage against those forces. Here's what Peter said about this. He says, be alert. Don't, don't be stupid. Don't, don't just go along in life and say, well, I just hope the devil will leave me alone. Hoping the devil will leave you alone is not going to make him leave you alone. You, you've got to be sober. You've you got to be sober-minded. You've you got to pay attention to this, he says. Your enemy, he's your enemy. If you're a child of God, he is your enemy, the devil. And here's what he does. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And so when I think about that, that's a little bit intimidating because I think, you know, he's here. And he's saying, who can I pick off? Who can I pick off? Who is the weakest link? Who who is the one? Who out of this couple, this married couple, could I work through and destroy this marriage? Who is the person that, that in this relationship between... Uh, son and mom that I could get in there and work who in this in this work environment could I work through and cause chaos in this job situation he is roaming about the Bible says looking for people that he can devour. And it's high time you realize that and said absolutely not, not here, not now, not ever, not in my house, not in my finances, not in my kids, not in my home, not in my life, not in my future. And you draw a line in the sand and here's how you do it let's wrap this up this morning you've got to armor up all right you you don't fight this in yourself and in your own strength Paul talked about this in Ephesians we don't have time to go in great depth but let me just give it to you this morning he says and I'll start from head to toe he says put on the helmet of salvation In other words, understand in your mind when the enemy comes to you and says, you're not this, you're not that, and you'll never be, and you'll not, whatever, and all. And just, you know what? I think what aggravates him more than ever is go ahead and agree with him. And say, you know what, devil? You're leaving some stuff out. I jacked this up when I was 15, and when I was 25, you failed to bring that up today. But I've got good news for my life. God's forgiven, forgotten, washed it, cleansed it. I am a child of God. I don't have a spirit of fear or self-doubt or any of that. But he's given me power, love, and a sound mind. And that's who I am. I am a child of God. Say that with me. I am a child of God. And so he has transformed me. And so I I guard my mind with that helmet of salvation. And I put on the breastplate of righteousness. And again, 
It goes along with salvation, and it's the beautiful part of salvation. I talked about this a few weeks ago. We do a transfer in salvation. We give to him all of our sin, all of our stain, and he gives to us all of his, what the Bible refers to as righteousness. All of his rightness. I give to him all of my wrongness. And he gives to me all of his rightness. And all he looks at when he sees me is the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. And it guards my heart. I keep his righteousness over my life. When that prodigal son came back home, the dad said, throw a coat over him, cover him up with royalty, cover him up with righteousness. He was a slave. He was out there in the world. But my son that was dead is alive again. And I receive him back full today. And he does the same for us supernaturally as he puts that breastplate of righteousness upon us. And then he puts upon us a belt of truth. Because how many know you can't fight good when your pants are on the ground? And so you need that belt of truth. But Jesus said it like this. You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Because how many know believing a lie can destroy your life? When you believe a lie from the enemy, and and that lie comes to you and, and, and comes against you and what you've got to do is you've got to have that belt on. You've got to have the truth of what God says over you more than what you say over you or what other people say about you. Here's another thing you do is you take a shield of faith. You by faith believe that no devil those fiery darts are not going anywhere. Right? We guard ourselves against every assault of the enemy by faith. It's by faith. See, I I may not see it, but devil, it doesn't matter what I see. By faith, I believe I'm healed. By faith, I believe I'm well. By faith, I believe that that need's going to be met. By faith, I believe that he is more than enough for me. That by faith, I believe that I will overcome today by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. So I have that shield of faith. And here's another thing. We put on shoes of peace. And that's like being planted in peace. How many know in a world that feels like it's coming unglued that you need Shoes planted in the peace of God that passes all understanding. Somebody help me right now. I mean, when you you have God's peace in you, the whole world can be falling apart. You can watch a little too much Fox or CNN or whatever and think, oh my gosh, the whole world's coming unglued. It's it's coming apart. It's not even going to make it till tomorrow. But when you have peace in your heart that passes all understanding, 
understanding every devil from hell can be raging around you. But you have a peace that only he can bring. And then, here's the good news. You've got a weapon. You've got the sword of the Spirit. The Bible says that is the Word of God. Even Jesus did not fight the devil off with the power of positive thinking. When the enemy came to him and tempted him, in the book of Matthew, it declares that every time that the enemy tried to sow a seed of doubt, tried to trick him, tried to trip him up, take a shortcut, do this, do that, and tried to tempt him, never did Jesus try to just outwit the devil. Instead, he said, it is written. Every time. Listen, friend, that's why you need to be here. That's why you need to read the YouVersion Bible app or whatever kind of Bible you can read, the one-year Bible that we sell here or something. You need to take in God's Word. Otherwise, it's like a gun without bullets. How many remember Barney Fife, you know? <laughs> There's times... Where you don't have time to dig the bullet out of your pocket and try to find it and load it in there. There's times where you better already be loaded. Come on, somebody. You better be loaded and ready and say, devil, you done picked on the wrong person here. I'm not putting up with that. I know better. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. No, I'm not going to die yet. Shall I live and declare the promises and blessings of God? I know that my Redeemer lives and I will see Him one day. I know that by His stripes I am healed. That when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against Him. Come on, somebody. When you've got the Word of God in your heart... In your life and in your mouth, it's powerful. And one more thing, and we're going to talk about this more next Sunday. So just don't miss next Sunday. But he says, finally, Paul says, at the end of the, all, that, all of that equipment, he says, and pray in the Spirit. You better pray in the Spirit. And we'll talk more about that next week. But see, here's the bottom line. All of these things that the enemy wants to do, he doesn't have to. You don't have to let him in. He's going around trying to pick somebody off. Just don't let it be you, right? Just don't let it be you. You decide and you determine that you know who your Savior is. And let me tell you something. He already one. Jesus already won. When he died on the cross, here's what he said before he died. It is finished. The battle against the enemy forces, the battle against Satan, the battle against evil is one right here, right now. 
Nobody else has to die for it. Nobody else has to hang on a cross. Nobody else has to pay for their sins. All and forever are redeemed right here, right now. And we live on this side of the cross. In other words, we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. Because the victory has already been won. We're on the winning team, right? We have a Savior who is mighty to save, mighty to heal, and mighty to deliver, and He will today. Father, we thank You that greater are You that's in us than He that's in the world. And God, I pray for every person that's here today that maybe has forgotten that. Or maybe they never really heard that. And, and maybe all this is new today. I pray that you'll just make it real in our lives. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Craig, I feel like the enemy's trying to find a way to work in my home, my life, my situations, whatever. But I've determined today, I'm not going to let him win. I'm not going to let him have an inch or a stronghold or a toehold in my life. I want to slam the door on the enemy. I don't want him having any room in my family, my future, my finances as of here. And now I draw a line in the sand. I am more than a victor through Christ who loves me. I believe that. If that's your prayer, if that's your 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 anthem today, would you just raise your hand and say, yes, yes, that's me. Yes, yes, I declare it over my life. Father in heaven, I thank you for every hand that's raised in this place. And we declare it over our lives. We are more than conquerors. We are victorious through you. And we don't have to give in to the enemy's schemes. And so God, today, we confess what you say over what the enemy would have us to say. And we declare over our family, we declare over our children, we declare over our future, we declare over our finances, we declare over our health, we declare the goodness of our God, we declare His power, His favor, His kingdom forever and ever. Maybe there are others of you here today that maybe his kingdom doesn't really live in your heart and life. And maybe when I talk about how the seed has been stolen, maybe you feel that the enemy's done some of that to you. And maybe he's stolen some of the seed out of your heart and life. And maybe maybe even used to go to church and, and you haven't been, but now you're here today. And maybe you just feel like God's drawing you back. And maybe he's using my voice as his to speak to your heart today. And to say, come back. Come to me. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. If you need peace with God today, if you need rest with him, I want to pray for you to receive that rest right here, right now, by coming into a relationship with him. And if you need that in your heart and life, will you just raise your hand right now and say, yes, that's me. Yes, I see that hand. See that hand. See that hand. That hand back here. God bless you. Over here. God bless you. All right. Several hands have been raised around the room. So Crossroads family, just encourage everybody around you to pray by praying this out loud with me right now. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, 
thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross for me, to pay for my sin. I know I've sinned, but I want to start over. So right here, right now, I confess Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Wash away my past. Free me of my guilt. As much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for accepting me as a child of God today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody get happy.